Today's topic is all about the business skills that race drivers must possess if they want to succeed. Hello race drivers, this is Enzo. Hello race drivers, this is Enzo with a Race Driver Coach Show and we are talking business. If there's one element, apart from the actual driving, right, you've got to be good at driving. You got If you want to be a race driver, you've got to be good at the actual craft itself. We know that. But to be fair, you're not even going to get on the track if you've not really got your head around business, of funding yourself to be on the track, of opening up opportunities of being there in well being in the forefront of everybody's mind when it comes to who shall I put in my car that's business you share because you're trying to build a career right you're building a career within a sport that's run by manufacturers that's paid for by companies and there's companies everywhere you go to a race circuit you can see the names the logos everywhere but there's also companies that are supplying teams with what they need wheels tires wishbones, chassis, engines, everything. There's so many companies involved. And as a driver, you're not just somebody who turns up, turns the wheel and presses the pedals and goes home. You can be, actually, if you've got, if you've got buckets of money, you can just do that, but you'll only go so far if you're not playing the business game. And that means, I mean, you just think about the core of what business means. Business means you're giving people what they want, and in return, they're giving you what you want. It's a trade. So for you even to get into a race seat, you've got to go to a company, if you have got the cash behind you, and say, we're going to give you this much. And as a trade, we expect this chassis, we want that mechanic, we want that engineer, we want you to run our car, it better be the best equipment, we want this engine, if, if you've got a choice of engines, and they're giving you what you want. That's a straight trade. But when you haven't quite got the money, there's even more business involved because now you have to get the sponsorship together to pay for the drive, or you have to convince somebody to give you an opportunity. And that might be through your raw speed. You've already proven in championships just gone by that you have the speed and that's your asset. And that's what you're trying to sell. So before I go too deep into this, cause I'm going to give away the things, the three things that I really see as being important to basically put you at the top of your business game. I want you to just get clear on this now. Business is everything because people hold the key to your career. And it's you convincing people to say yes that will make it happen, as well as the driving, obviously. But firstly, you've got to get in that car. So I think business becomes nearly before the actual skill because you need to get on the track to get the skill. So if you can't really get yourself into them positions, you're going to struggle. So Anyway, the top three business skills that race drivers must possess are these. Firstly, sales and marketing. It goes without saying. You've got to be on the forefront of the mind of people in the industry when they're thinking, who am I going to put in my car? If a race team has got a choice, which a lot of them have actually, you know, a race team in F3, they've only got three seats. And they'll probably have about 15 drivers call them over the winter saying, I want to drive your car. I want to drive your car. And they'll look at these names and think, okay, who's got the speed? Who's got the cash? And, you know, they're not, they're not going to get halfway through the season and say, sorry, we can't afford to pay the rest of the, the budget. 
and they'll disappear because they've got to really sift through the drivers that have got the finance to stick around for the year and the ones that do, they can win. Often drivers choose two really good drivers or one really good driver and give them a bit of a better deal than the other two because maybe their speed's not as good. They're not bringing as much value to the team. Again, it's business. So when it comes to sales and marketing, you as a driver have got to prove that you are the best one for the seat. So yet, yeah, if you've got cash, that helps. But still, they're going to probably choose someone else if they're quicker. So anyway, sales and marketing. Marketing in a, in a race driver's world is social media. Big one, obviously. Something that a lot of drivers don't put much time into. And when I say much time, I mean constant every day at least like five six posts a week on every single platform you can find like the instagram facebook TikTok, twitter they're the main ones and then youtube if you really want to get deep into video and reach even more people so there's five really i'd say and you can do other things like snapchat as well and show more intimate stuff behind the scenes training fine but really you want to be building those platforms because now we've seen drivers that have worked over the last 10 years or so on their social media and they have six figures should we say followings they're starting and i've got a driver that we work with got six figures followers on instagram and that has actually opened doors in the racing world because if you get a race team that has got a big sponsor and they can see the target audience of that driver and they've got over a hundred thousand two three four hundred thousand followers that is actually valuable. If it's like a tipping point between, I mean, a, a tough decision between, okay, these two drivers, similar speed, they're bringing a similar amount of money, but one's got more buzz around them. One's got more promotability and the sponsor's like, yeah, I like that one because they look more, they're catching eyeballs basically of the general public, of the type of people we want. We're going to choose that driver as long as their attitude's good. That's another thing, right? So it actually does help you on the business side when you have got more followers believe it or not it is a currency nowadays and i'm not teaching you anything new you know this it's like being at school when it's mr popular mrs popular and they got all the friends it's no different on social media now the more friends you got the more interesting you are to people that could open up doors and pay you maybe as an influencer so there's other things you can take from it so marketability is that but also face-to-face -face marketability phoning up teams asking them if they've got opportunities, selling yourself to them, which takes us into sales. Why should they choose you? What results have you got? What sponsors or business connections can you bring with you? So say if you're going to a race team and you've got a sponsor that's an insurance company, you've got another sponsor that's a lighting company maybe, you can do a deal with a team and say, right, with my budget, I'll also introduce you to my insurance and they're going to give you a better deal than what you're on at the moment on your workshop insurance, on your race car insurance, on insuring the truck and all the equipment, on the accident insurance, you know, for the employers, employees. All of this can be done in a package and it will save you 10 grand a year. I don't know what, what, it, what it will be, but it will save you X amount most likely, or at least have a sit down with these. That's bringing business. That's selling yourself as more than just a driver. You're going to help their company run more efficiently through your sponsor or a partner you've got. And you've told the insurer you're going to find them, you know, you're a sponsor. You're going to find them new customers and you just found them with a race team. And I think if you've, you've listened to other stuff I've done before, I did this with a PR company. 
I got them to help me with my brochures, sales brochures, sponsorship brochures, logo, website, all my branding, really, and marketing, just to set me up so I could be this race driver. And this was in the late 90s, and it's still just as applicable now. This was before Facebook, early 2000s, maybe. Um, and I said, right, I need all this help. I haven't got any money to pay you, but I will go into the motorsport industry, which you're not at the moment. And I'll introduce you to new clients. I'll get you at least one good client. And that will more than pay for the little bit of work you're doing for me. And they probably got an intern. I don't know. They probably got an intern to do the work that I wanted because it's easy stuff. This race driver wants a new logo. He wants a website. Just do that. They probably would have. I didn't meet them. The, the people that are actually working on it. Only the bosses. But then I happened to be working within a British touring car team. I was driving for them in their secondary team. And I got the idea that they wanted to step up, you know, they told me basically, I want to they want to step up to British touring cars and to do it in a very big way. And really we need a PR company to help us launch this. Boom, there you go. I've got a PR company, this race team I'm working with or racing with at the moment, they want a PR company or could do with one, put them together. That PR company earned about 300 grand from the British touring car team they did their autosport stand they did all their car colors their whole branding so both were happy they got a deal because it should have been more than 300 grand the race team and the pr company got more than they would have got if i paid for them just to do my website that is business and that's business on its uh most rawest side it's like how can i give you what you want and then introduce you to someone and give them what they want. And I get the cut in the middle. I get some kind of benefit in the middle. For me, it just got me in, under the table a bit more with the, the race team. And I stayed around longer because I was, I was winning with them on track. And I was helping them save business uh, money in the business. So it was a win, win, win for everybody involved. That, my friend, is business. And it's sales. It took me to sell to the PR company. The idea that I want them to work for me for free. I'm this British champion going somewhere. And I sold myself to the race team to say, I'm the driver for you. I haven't got much money, but I will win. And eventually when you're doing that and you prove it, people do give you a shot. So that was two sales. And then the actual sell of the, the combining the two. So sales is massive. You don't realize you're doing it as much as you think when it's in sport, but you really are. And especially in motorsport. So you've got to get good at people skills, which is not another thing I've put down here, but it is when you're selling, you've got to be really good at talking to people and just understanding what it is they want and then see if you can go and find it in the big world and get it for them. And as a result, you get what you want. You're not even really doing it selfishly, really. It's like, right, I want to get in with this team. I want to help them as much as I can as well. There you go. Everyone wins. And on the marketing side, it's how much noise can you make? You've got to stand out. You've got to peacock. You can't just be another helmet amongst the other 10, 20,000 that are out there. So social media, calling teams up, introducing yourself, working for them. Even if you say, all right, I'm going to be a driver coach for you and I'm going to get in that way. You're creating value. They're paying you to be there. You never know. One of their low, uh, current drivers might not turn up and might get injured or stops paying and they stick you in the car. That happens a lot. It happens ever such a lot. You see the coach gets drafted in because their regular driver hasn't turned up or something's happened. Probably got COVID. You know, you never know. And you get called in. So it's just 
being there, marketing, getting yourself around, talking to people all the time, that is marketing and sales. That's why I put these two together because they are combined really. Business skill number two, leadership. You need to lead. If you're in a race team and you've got two teammates and the team are around your teammates more than you and backing your, one of the teammates more than you, they're seen as the leader. As an individual, again, you're the CEO of your career, so you're leading your career, but you've also got to go into the team and be the lead driver. You do this through your results, your work ethic, the way you are, not emotional. You know, when things don't go right, you're not throwing the toys out the pram and they're having to lead you to calm you down all the time. You've got to be so much older than your years when you're a race driver and you're serious about being a race driver full time, a professional. You've got to be a professional now. You don't wait till you get the paycheck or you get this dream drive until you become the professional. That's not how it works. If you're a junior, you've got to act like the world champion now. And then people will say that kid's going somewhere. And in, in order to do that, you've got to lead them to thinking that you are like that. You've got to lead other people's emotions. It's influence is what you've got to be good at. So if you're taking a, a hit, you're not, you know, the, the race didn't go very well. How quick can you switch into re resolution and what we're going to do about it and come up with the answers of how this is not going to happen again instead of woe is me? Why has this happened to me? It's unfair. He hit me again. I don't like this. So I'm done with it. No, you must go into the mode of fixing things. A leader fixes. A leader stays calm. When everyone else is going crazy and running away, a leader is the one that resolves stuff and gets it down. It's the, it's the rock in a relationship. So if you'd started to be a little bit more, a little bit too emotional over the last season and letting things get to you, the team are not going to look at you as being their leader and the person, the rock they're going to depend on. So it's time to change that. You've got to grow up more than years, like I say, and this is the kind of skill that will make you stand out. It's marketing again. You've got to be different to all the other teenagers, the 20 year olds out there. You've got to look like you're on your way and you've got bigger things in mind. So that's part of leadership. And also if you've got like fitness trainer, manager, coach, they see they are working for you even the team right they're working for you so you've got to lead them you've got to give them jobs you're the one that's that's paying their bills so even though it might seem like they're the ones that lead you actually you're the person the glue that puts all this together so take on i mean i remember when i was a little cocky kid honestly when i was racing but um i had a manager I'd usually get someone to work for me for free and just believe in what I was on, my journey. And it wasn't, I wasn't ripping off. I just didn't have any money. I was holding down three jobs to pay for the racing. So I needed as much help as I can. After I'd sold them, obviously, on my journey and I'm going to get you drivers or whatever it is they wanted, um, doing business with them, I'd be like on their back every day. <laughs> have you called the team? Uh, have you you know, researched what we need to do to get this sponsor through the door. So I was on my manager's back way more than they were on my back. Every single day I'd be like, have we heard from the team yet? No, okay. And it, we weren't even using emails back then, so it was all calls. I'm not saying that I was perfect, by the way, but it really helped me. And even though these poor managers and people that I worked with, 
were working for free, I was probably their toughest customer because I just needed it so bad to happen. And sitting at home not doing anything was driving me mad. So I want you to do the same. I want you to make sure that you're leading your campaign. Again, take a look back on the last week. Today, what can you do? But last week, was I a leader? Was I letting situations force me and lead me down a garden path and feeling a certain way and giving up hope? Or did I stand at the very front and think, right, what are we going to do to change this situation? Evaluate, look upon it, and lead. This is one of your biggest skills. It's leading your mind, and which is like skill number three, and it's leading other people that can help your career. Take this seriously. You've got to become the boss now and skill number three is pretty much down to mindset but it's self-discipline without this you're screwed if you've got no self-discipline you're not going to sell you're not going to market yourself you're not going to put anything on social media you're not going to even be bothered to do the leadership skills self-discipline is your ability to think and do to act on what you're thinking about it's not just having motivation one day and blasting through a day and then having tuesday off this is about every single day being relentless and moving forward, being focused on the goal and being energized to put the energy into what you've got to do. No matter how mundane it is, if you have to spend three days coding your new website, then you do it. If you have to spend two weeks constantly calling people and getting knockbacks, even though you don't feel like it, you've got to do it. You've got to be this AI robot that's constantly just going, 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 going. And you've got to do that for many years before you get any kind of love back from the sport. Remember that. Let's just pretend, like I've said in the past, if it takes 300 people to contact for sponsorship in order to get one yes, can you imagine how much self-discipline that's going to take? Exactly. You need it. You've got to be so you've got to be like that fly hitting the wall, right? Um, the window to my left right now, um, constantly trying to get out. Eventually, it's going to find that there's a bloody hole at the top. The top window's open, dude. It'll get there eventually. But if that fly just keeps hitting, 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 it will get there eventually, right? <laughs> if it does give up, what's going to happen? It's not going to find the hole. It's going to die at the bottom like a lot of the flies have. Don't be that fly. Be relentless. Every single day you start afresh, right, right, how are we going to win today? I've got the big goal in mind. I'm going to reverse engineer it. What would be step one that would take me closer? What would be the almighty thing I could do today that really leaps me forward towards my goal? If I really wanted to, if I had the confidence to do it, what would it be? The magic wand. What would my hero do in this situation? That's how you make your list. You have Jobs on there that are huge, one or two that are huge, that would be big leaps forward. And then the maintenance ones like, yeah, I've got to contact someone. I've got to email them about my domain because that's going to expire soon. So then menial maintenance ones as well. So you have maintenance goals. You have big leaps forward. But every day you're attacking it. And once you start to get the ball rolling, once you start to get a bit of feedback from the world and it going the way you want it to go, the momentum starts. But it's getting that fire started, that engine started before it really starts to rev up. Every day, start that. So self-discipline is big. Getting you to act like you need to so you deserve the big goal at the end. Life is only going to give you the goal when it knows you deserve it. It's like it's looking down upon you, destiny is, and it's saying, okay, I can see now they're being relentless. They're trying every day. Let's give them a little bit of love. 
and they'll give you a yes from somebody and it will start you on your path. But you've got to break through. You've got to put yourself out into the universe first before life will look down and say, oh, he, he or she deserves a shot now. Just see it that way, even though it's not true, maybe. See it that way if it helps. Self-discipline is important. So these three skills, sales, marketing, influencing people, which is basically leadership and influencing yourself for self-discipline. These are the business skills that you share with every entrepreneur, whether they're starting up a huge app in Silicon Valley or a pizza chain, <laughs> your local pizza shop. The person, the entrepreneur that's starting it needs these skills. A race driver needs these skills. Start to bring them into your life now. How can I sell today? How can I market myself today? Leadership skills, right, I've got to go and talk to the team. We've got to get this engine sorted. I've got to now go to, actually, a leadership a leader would go and see his current sponsors and make sure they're okay. Make sure they're happy with the service they're getting. There's a lot to this. And then self-discipline to actually get the stuff done. It's not rocket science. Take this seriously. This is going to make you more successful than a lap time.